This building you're looking at looks like a regular building, except it's called Geneva Freeport. It's in Switzerland. It holds roughly 1.2 million art pieces valued at, ready, a hundred billion dollars. Many of the art pieces in there are owned by millionaires and billionaires around the world who have never seen the art. They've never touched it, but they store it here. The question is why? And by the way, art historically has known as being the top three most unregulated industries in the world behind drugs and sex prostitution. But why are so many investors, billionaires, millionaires buying art? Why are they doing that? We're gonna take a deep dive in that topic today. So here's what we're gonna be talking about. We're gonna talk about the pros and cons of investing into art, who the players are, how big of a market is it, what are the most expensive pieces, the history of the players, and then at the same time, how do people value art? How do you look at a piece and say, I think this thing's worth $3 million. We're gonna talk about all that today. So first thing we need to know is what is the market cap? Like how much business is really being done with art? Last year in US, we sold $28 billion of art just last year, it grew by third. Second place was China at 13.4 billion. Third place was UK at 11.3 billion. The last 18 years, the top 100 artists have so uh, their return has been roughly 8.9%, while the S&P has been roughly 3.4%. So these are some of the data. Now, there is no guarantees with art. There's a lot of good stories. There's a lot of bad stories. There's a lot of ugly stories. I'll share a couple of them here with you. One of them is, imagine buying an art piece that you sell in 2005 for $10,000. And that art piece, 12 years later, sells for, you ready? $400. And $50 million. That's this art piece here you're looking at called Salvatore Mundi. Here's what you need to know about the story of Salvatore Mundi. So this art piece back in 1958, Sotheby's had it. They looked at it like, okay, it's great. They sold it for 45 pounds, not 45,000 pounds, just 45 pounds in 1958. Years later in 05 in a Louisiana auction, it sold for $10,000. Then eventually they restored it. They looked at it. They said, wait a minute. This was an art piece that was owned by Henrietta Maria, who was the wife of King Charles I of England. And the story is in 2011, it was included in the Leonardo exhibition at the National Gallery in London. The show's curator authenticated it as a long lost Leonardo da Vinci recorded in the collection of, again, Henrietta Maria. Having said that, the moment that happened and it was validated and backed by a prestigious museum, it was sold to a Swiss businessman Yves Bouvier in 2013 for $80 million. Then the same year he flipped it to Russian businessman Dmitry Rybolovov for $127.5 million. And then in 2017 it sold for $450 million to an anonymous name. Some say it's a Saudi prince. Again, this is a rumor that the Saudi prince bought it. However, what is not a rumor is the fact that this thing was sold for 45 pounds by Sotheby's in 58. $10,000 at a auction in Louisiana in 2005, $450 million in 2017. Those numbers are real. So that's a good story, that's a success story. Let me give you an ugly story about art. So back in the days, Picasso's not doing too well. He doesn't have a lot of living to do. There's a local con man that's selling art, fake art. So he goes to a local artist and says, hey, I got this art piece, I want you to draw similar to Picasso style, and the kid had a Picasso style uh, uh, painting, so he does. He takes it, he says, oh, you know, Picasso, there's this young guy that really admires you. Would you mind if I bring it over to you? I want you to look at it and give me feedback. Tell me if this guy's got some potential or not. Picasso finally apparently agrees to meet with him. They do and says, yeah, this is not really a good piece. He says, man, that's so disappointing. Can I take a picture with you? He does. He has the picture with him and Picasso and the painting. 
Picasso dies. Again, this is a story I've read. And then later on, this guy, the con man, sells the art piece saying this is the last art piece Picasso painted. And people bought into it because he had the picture. So there's a lot of that creativity where there is con, there's fraud, there's a lot of that going on because it is the most unregulated industry in the world. However, those are some of the stories you need to know about. Now in America, when you look at the top, you know, uh, um, auction houses, how are they doing? At the top, you have Sotheby's that did roughly 7.3 billion last year. They have offices in 40 plus countries. They're known for selling the Andy Warhol's Orange Marilyn Monroe in 98 for $17.3 million. But they also sold Edward Munich's masterpiece, The Scream, for record-breaking $119.9 million at the time. And then you have Christie's. Christie's, 7.1 billion last year. They were the ones that actually sold Beeple's you know, NFT for $69 million. They have 85 offices in 43 countries. In 2016, they auctioned off Rockefeller's collection, which was a record-breaking sale that they did. I think it was $832 million. So their second place, and in third place is Heritage Auctions. I bought a lot of different things from them, many. I'm talking millions of dollars of pieces from these guys. Last year, they did $1.2 billion. They're based out of uh, uh, Texas. Some of the things that they do, they could do anything from a car to a car, card to a art piece to comic books. There are a variety of things that they do. And the last one being Phillips. Phillips at fourth place at $1.2 billion. So again, when you look at this, you may say, Pat, I know nothing about this. Well, most people who get into art don't know nothing about this, but there are 6,300 auction houses worldwide for a reason. And there is a reason why art in the last 18 years has nearly tripled the returns on S&P 500. This doesn't guarantee it's gonna continue doing this, but it is an alternative investment that a lot of people are getting into. So now, the question becomes, how do you value art? Because when you value a house, what's the realtor gonna say, appraiser? They're gonna say, well, that house, same size as you with the bedroom with the same lot, sold for 628. That one sold for 639, that one sold for 648. Your house is roughly worth 631 because there's comps. In art, there's not really comps. There's many different ways of valuing art. We're gonna talk about that right now. Number one, supply and demand. Is there a market for it? Do people wanna buy it? Number two, is it sold privately or at an auction house? If it sells at an auction house, the auction house of Christie's, when Christie's said they're selling Beeple's NFT, everybody was like, wait, what? There was 33 people at the end, above a million dollars, that were bidding for this NFT, but Christie's, in a way, validated that NFTs are now a thing. So anytime a big auction house comes behind an artist, the value that artist and their pieces goes higher. Number three, artists. There's some artists that you know people are fascinated about. I'll give you one example, Banksy, is a anonymous artist that nobody knows who he is. There's some claims of who he is, but nobody knows really who Banksy is. He pulled off one of the biggest stunts at an auction. So the auction's over with. Somebody bids on his piece for $1.4 million. The moment they hit the hammer, the art piece starts ripping apart at the bottom. People are flabbergasted. You should see the reaction of people. I'm like, wait a minute, what just happened here? That's the, and, then, and then Banksy puts it on his Instagram and he says, going, going, gone. Well, don't worry and don't feel bad for the guy that bought it for 1.4 million. Sotheby's has it back on auction right now for $25 million. It's shredded and people are willing to pay $25 million for a shredded art piece. Again, there's the artist that's attractive that people say, I want a piece by this guy. Number four, career and size of artwork. Meaning, you know, what was his career like? Is he still producing? Is there a limited amount? Is it, is the artist dead? Many times when the artist dies, the art piece goes more because he can't produce it. They can't make any more of it. So career and size of artwork also determines the value of the art piece. Who supports it and who's owned it? If a major name buys an art piece and they say, 
Barack Obama just recently bought this, this, this. Elon Musk just bought this art piece. And, you know, like I'll go to Wynwood in Miami and many of the places I'll go to, they'll say this art piece was also bought by Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Donald Trump and Barack Obama. Like, oh, wow, there's credibility behind it with pictures of individuals who bought that art piece. There's some credibility and valuation on pieces go side. The beauty is in the eye of the beholder. What does this mean? You know how they say there's always somebody for somebody and you look at someone and you say, I cannot believe she married him. What, uh, it doesn't matter. She sees something that you don't see. The beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Whoever wants to buy that art piece. I've seen some art piece. I'll stand in front of an art piece and I'll look and I'll say, I am so confused. I'll say, what was this person on when they painted this thing? And another person is standing next to me, but I'm not saying my thoughts out loud. And I hear them say, what an incredible piece. It doesn't matter what I think. This person thinks it's incredible. They're willing to pay $600,000 for it. It's a $600,000 art piece. Sentimental and cultural value, what does this mean? It could be a piece that has to do with your heritage, your background. You're Armenian, you see something that has to do with your heritage. You say, well, this is worth a half a million to me, but $20,000 to this person, doesn't matter. Because it's value to me, I'm gonna buy this, I'm gonna pay for this. So there's some value to it. Another one could be a piece that was stolen many years ago. 20, 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, and now all of a sudden it's shown back up. Wait a minute, this thing's been gone for 50 years. We thought it was completely gone, it's not resurfaced. I'm willing to pay XYZ dollars for it. So again, it may not be the traditional way to get a comp of value in something, but that's how they value art pieces in that industry. Picasso once was in a park, and a lady comes up with, you know, and says, hey, can you make this portrait of me? And within a few minutes, he draws a portrait and says, here you go, 5,000 francs. The lady's like, wait, what? 5,000 francs? It took you a couple minutes to paint this thing here. He says, no, madam, it took me a lifetime to learn how to do this here, 5,000 francs. The artist who has spent a lifetime learning how to do this gets to ask for the price because it wasn't just a five minute, 10 minute piece. Like the engineer comes in and says, hey, you know, can you please fix my AC, it's not working. And he goes and he says, yes, that one button they press, the AC is not working, they said $600. Why am I paying you $600? I could have done it myself. Yeah, but you don't know which switch it is. That's a form of being an artist. Today's sponsor is Masterworks. Matter of fact, I really like what Masterworks does because a lot of people can't afford to buy a whole art piece for $2 million. What Masterworks does is they buy the art piece, they file it with the SEC, then members are able to buy and sell shares. That's what they do. Now keep in mind, you know, this is like you can't buy all of Apple for two and a half trillion dollars, but you can buy an Apple stock for a few hundred dollars. Similar story. One thing you need to know about how much wealth is being held in art today is an estimated $1.7 trillion. Millionaires, billionaires have held their wealth in art. Deloitte says it's gonna increase another $900 billion by 2026. What Masterworks does is the last five paintings they sold since 2017, their average rate of return was 26.8% and contemporary art prices have outperformed S&P 500 total return, ready? By 164% the past 26 years. So if this is something you wanna take advantage of, we're gonna put the link below. There is a waiting list for people that are trying to get into this program with Masterworks, but because you're part of Valuetainment, if you click on the link below and you go through Valuetainment, you will skip the waiting list and you'll be able to start buying and selling shares immediately. Now, let's talk about the pros and cons of investing in art. Let's start off with cons first. Number one, when you buy an art piece, there is no dividends for you. You're just buying an art piece. It's not like every quarter or every you're gonna get some kind of a dividend payment. Number two, you need a lot of money to get into it. It's not a business you get into with $5,000 or $10,000. You need some money to really get into the art industry. Number three, there are a lot of fake and forged paintings out there that you need the right people verifying it to make sure you're not 
buying it and it's worth nothing. You, you know, how you do that, if you're newer in the industry, you may be taking advantage of at times. Number four, if you do choose to store it in your house, if you damage the piece or your kids damage it or somebody damages it, the value obviously goes down. Investing is a gamble, just like anything. If you go into an industry you know nothing about, it is purely a gamble, so it's gonna take you a minute or a few years to learn the industry before you start making some money. Next, art is not as liquid as you know stocks and mutual funds. You can sell some of those. It's not as easy to sell an art piece at the price that you wanna sell it at. Next, sometimes a great art salesman can sell you a piece because they're so charming and charismatic, but that piece is not really worth that much. So you gotta kinda be careful with the salesperson as well. Okay, so now let's talk about some pros. Number one, it's an asset class that has grown exponentially in the recent years. So you ought to take a look at it. Number two, it is a hedge against inflation. There are a lot of pieces where inflation's going up. If they're no longer reprinting or drawing this piece, and that piece is $50,000 today, and inflation keeps going up, that is a form of a hedge against inflation. Next, a form of diversification. If you got all your money in one thing, and you're not hedging it against you know, other alternative classes, this may be a form of diversifying some of your investments. Next pro, if you buy it, it becomes scarce, something happens, that's gonna go up in value. Anything scarce nowadays, cards, cars, painting, comic books, value is gonna eventually go up. Next, if you actually like art, there is a certain experience when you go into a house and there's art pieces there. I was looking at a house in Palm Beach with a realtor who was selling Donald Trump's last house, one of the houses he had in Palm Beach, who was asking for 140 or 145, 145 million, and I went in there, and I'm looking at the house, I'm like, oh wow, so many art pieces. He says, this is my art collection. $70 million worth of art collection he had in there. I said, are you selling a house? Or are you selling art? He says, kind of both. Do you want to buy any of the art pieces if you don't want to buy the house? But the point is, when somebody comes into a house, to a house and there's an art piece there, there's a story behind it. So that, that idea of explaining, let me tell you the history about this art. There are some tax incentives to owning art. You know, like you heard the story earlier, Rockefeller's 2016, $832.6 million when they sold, sold their art collection to charity. They can give it to charity, but maybe that art collection when they bought it was only $40 million and now it's worth 832. That's a big write-off right there because the valuation is the valuation. So there's also tax incentives when it comes down to art. Of course, not an accountant, not a CPA. Talk to an expert about that, but many do it for the tax benefits as well. And last but not least, you can actually make some money in this business. Uh, it's not guaranteed, there's a lot of risk, but you can actually make some money in the art business. So if you got value out of this video and some things maybe you didn't know about, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, and I got another video I want you to watch. This video, I don't know how many, maybe three years ago I shot this video about my million dollar card collection that I had at the time. Today it's more like eight to 10 million. But it shows how this thing works. I bought two cards, great Gretzky cards, at $540,000. Year and a half later, I sold it roughly for $2.2 million. It was a world record for the most expensive hockey card ever sold. One of the cars that I sold for $1.29 million with Heritage Auctions, six months later, sold roughly for $3.7 million. If I would have hung on to those two cards that I spent $540, today both of them combined today would be roughly around $5 to $6 million. That's the part about alternative investments. There's many different things you can look into. If you're interested, take a look at this video. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.